a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. Uh, and that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sin, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. Demissifying Christendom one praise song at a time. Welcome to Table Talk Radio. How's it going, Vicar Jacola? No, just me today. Sorry. It's going very well. Good. Just me, Evan. I don't know who you're talking to. Pastor's still in denial. Vicar oh, said he was unwilling to come on the show again. He uh, he heard you recruiting him last week. He realizes his place, and he knows that well, there's only room in the spotlight for one, so just me today. Oh, hey, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. So, uh, just hit my microphone with my pipe. I'm ready for Lumpy. This, oh, Lumpy's coming on today. Oh, yeah. I'm going to meet this guy. Indeed. Yes, that's right. Um, so either, even, even though Pastor Wolfmiller is in denial, either Pastor Wolfmiller needs to turn up uh, Vicar's mic or Vicar needs to talk into the microphone. One of the Yeah, two. never mind. I don't know who, what you're worried about. <laughs> uh, okay, well, this is, this is a fantastic show because we are doing some emails. <clears throat> And then uh, Lumpy's coming on the scene, and then we're gonna play. This, this is another new game. Which temple did I visit? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. And then the all-famous praise song cruncher. So, yes. if uh, you've been having trouble sleeping at night, this is the show for you. This is your chance. Yes. Um, so let's start with some buzzwords. What buzzword do you have, Pastor Wolfman? I have the buzzword anthropology. Have we done that one? Yes. That's right. To repeat, anthropos means human, human, human. Human, <laughs> nice. Human, and uh, <laughs> logos means the study of, so the study of people. Now, anthropology, you know, when you go to school and you learn anthropology, they teach you how to be an evolutionistic pagan. Uh, but in the scripture, in the church, anthropology is a different sort of thing. It means um, uh, uh, the, the study of how... How what it is that a human being is, can do, and how they relate to God. So that's anthropology. Anthropology. All right, does Vicar have a buzzword? Uh, no. I don't know who what you're talking about. Vicar. <laughs> I can't. He's he's just counting down the days. He's like, okay, only ten more days. I gotta make it through here at Hope Lutheran Church, and I can leave. <laughs> Close, close. <laughs> Hopefully the church will be in my rearview mirror. Back to the sim. Oh man. Uh, my drive across town. My theological buzzword for you two jokers over there uh, is uh, rapture. And uh, rapture. We, 
Are there kind of two definitions of rapture? Um, the right one and the wrong one? Yeah. <laughs> the biblical one and the not biblical one? Which one would you like first? <laughs> Give me the non-biblical one, the made-up scientific one. The, okay, the, uh, this I mean, is, the science fiction. Oh, okay, I was going to say the scientific one. Uh, this is the uh, the secret taking of all Christians up to heaven before the seven year tribulation, and this is the uh, view of of premillennialism. So this is the view of which uh, you're driving down the road and you see the bumper sticker or the uh, the license plate frame. We need to play license plate frame theology sometime. Okay. Um, that says in case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. Yeah. Um, so that the idea is that uh, right before the tribulation. That's gonna suck up what all the Christians. That? That's my oh, sucking oh, up sound. <laughs> Christians are gonna, God's gonna suck up all the Christians into heaven, and then, uh, and then those who uh, did not have faith in Christ will be, will, ha- will be left to, um, to endure the the seven year tribulation and essentially given a second chance, right? Uh, yes, right. So, but the the biblical view of rapture is found in First Thessalonians four. Uh, also, First Corinthians, and this is those who uh, simply are living on the day when Christ returns. And so, uh, there's big uh, worry was going on in Thessalonica, where uh, you know it talks about the uh, those uh, will, will raise from the dead and then uh, go to be with Christ um, in in the last day. And these Christians are going, well, what about uh, what about those who are living when Christ returns? What happens? And so Paul assures them. That they will, uh, well, they will be uh, raptured. They will be, um, they will be brought up, um, and that is that is the biblical view of the rapture. Okay, so those are our good. buzzwords. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, let's look at an email. Do you have an email there? Oh yeah, I was going to pull up an email, but I have one open here for my already ready for the lumpy question. Okay, so that's kind of remember when I said uh, that we're going to do an email, then I cleared my throat. That was kind of a hint for you. To get an email, but that's okay. Go ahead. What, what, what yeah, is... I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> All right, let's let's see what uh, we're throwing at Lumpy today. Well, here, no, I got one. I got some emails now. That little stall was just enough. <laughs> Dear Pastor, I thought an interesting word for one of your table talk programs would be opinio legis. Uh, this uh, here, uh, you see, this attachment is an email I sent to my local pastor and references a series of Sunday Bible studies he's conducting. Sincerely, Frank. Thanks, Frank, for that email. Opinio legis. That could be the vicar's buzzword. Sounds good. Uh, so, good vicar, you, you want to go words. ahead and define the opinio legis? I have no idea. Opinio <laughs> legis means the opinion of the law. See, he's not even here. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I am here. <laughs> Uh, hey, the, you're the, here in my book, Vicar. <laughs> opinion legis means the opinion of the law or the native doctrine. This is what we sometimes casually call fleshism. I've yeah. never heard that before, but I'll go with it. Fleshism. We talked about that on our radio show, remember? You're the assuming four, that I listened to this show. True. The, we have the four <laughs> creeds of the flesh. I can't remember what they are either, by the way, but that's what we talk about. But here's the basic thing about the opinion legis, and that is... Oddly enough, even though the law kills us, our flesh loves the law. In fact, it only knows the law, etc. So, um, so that we think that we can be good by doing good works. That's the opinio legis. We think that if God is mad at us because we sinned, then he must be happy with us when we do good things. So there you go. All right. Thanks, uh, so thanks, that's Frank. your buzzword. I got, an, I got another email here. Uh, uh, you'll enjoy the punchline. This is from D.E. Who is D.E.? Oh, no, this is from Liz. <laughs> using DE's email account, apparently. <laughs> this is from a website. Liz, you better tell DE that you're using his email. <laughs> 
Theo, Theo, what's this call, thing called? Theophostic prayer? Oh, yes. Simply stated, it is encouraging a person to discover and expose what he believes that is a falsehood, and then encouraging him to have an encounter with Jesus Christ through prayer, thus allowing the Lord to reveal his truth to the wounded person's heart and mind. It's not about advice giving, diagnosing problems, or sharing opinions or insight. It's all about allowing a person to have a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus in the midst of emotional pain. This is why theophostic prayer ministry can be helpful for emotionally wounded people. The process opens the way for the Holy Spirit to replace their lies and pains with truth and peace. Theophostic simply means God's light. I pray that your heart should be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope God has given to those he called. Ephesians 8, uh, 1.18, sorry. When the saints pray that they may be taught, enlightened, and sanctified by God, by this very act they declare that they cannot obtain those things which they seek and ask God from their own natural powers. Uh, Liz continues, okay, now wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> Slightly reworded from the Book of Concord. Oh, no. <laughs> Formula 215. Um, uh, she, now, Liz goes on to a thing. I looked up the Book of Concord reference. Uh, what I see is that they want to offer something mystical sounding or whatever, but st- stay technically within the bounds. Hey, kids, this is straight out of the Book of Concord. Well, slightly re- re- reworded. Can you explain this? It doesn't sound super Lutheran Lutheran-y to me. i got to say that word because that's an awesome word. And I wanna... It doesn't sound super Lutheran-y to me. <laughs> oh, man. This kind of goes what, uh, similarly what we were talking about on the phone yesterday, uh, Pastor Wolf Miller. Uh, this is the, the, the difference. What's that? I've forgotten that also. <laughs> um, the difference between connecting with God and believing his promises. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. Uh, I mean, th- this is m- much of the extreme. But um, so there, you cannot deny... You cannot deny that uh, things are wrong in this world, that people are hurting. You cannot deny that uh, this is a messed up place. Um, but the, the the wonderful thing is that God God gives us an gives us an answer. God God provides a solution. Now the question is, uh, what is the solution, and why and how does it do us good? The solution is His death on the cross. Now how does it do us good? Now do you want to pick up from here, Pastor Wolf Miller? Uh, yeah, it does us good because He brings to us the promise of that death, which is the forgiveness of our sins. And not? So, uh, it's, it's not, um, I don't know what you're thinking. Just contrast. For. I mean, I, I was thinking, uh, by believing his promise, not by somehow connecting with the divine, you know. Right, right. Kind of dropping his divine nature around, and so we have some sort of unity with it. So that's always what mysticism is, remember? I mean, it's just definition of mysticism is that we have the capacity to have unity with the divine nature. And um, uh, that's what this is. All right. Suffolk prayer. It is not, Liz, you are right. You. It is not Lutheran-y. Theosophic prayer can be Lumpy's buzzword, which we'll hear from right after this break, responding to an email about the Lutheran view versus the Calvinist view of Samuel Usus et Peccator. And then we're playing... Uh, which temple did I visit? You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this. Cause I'm a picker, I'm a grinner, I'm a lover, and I'm a sinner. I play my music in the sun. This is Dr. Carl Fakencher, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Even though you have no one to blame but yourself, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. 
When Pastor Wolfner gets back, we're going to play Which Temple Did I Visit? But first, we have Lumpy, uh, who has been called into active duty with an email. Um, Lumpy, do you have the email there? I can't remember who sent us, who sent us the I email. I sort of do, but Pastor Wolfmuller wanted me to finish reading this email from Liz. Oh, he did? Okay. <laughs> well, Lumpy, would you finish last, that? Did he tell you where he left off? Yeah, he did. He told me. <laughs> this last paragraph is pretty good. It seems like another manifestation of the trend of desperately trying to be cool in the church. Some uh, use some Greek words and instant panache. If one could dig around in really old theological texts and find terms no one remembers, then simply present them with long, convoluted, sort of mystical-sounding spiritual descriptions that appeal to the spiritual but not religious types. It's a sort of rebranding so they don't sound like uncool, fundy fire and brimstone churches that use short, tired words like sin and grace. Someone could probably come up with all kinds of therapeutically, deistically sounding descriptions for dusty old theological terms and lay people have never heard of and then offer to explain them in personal counseling settings with some soft music, maybe. The possibilities are endless. Anyway, this struck me as funny. If my sense of humor is twisted, I owe it all to Table Talk Radio. Thanks, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, you got to hold on to that email from Liz for when we play Witch Ladder. That might that might apply. Oh, yeah. Not I sure, but it might, supply. <laughs> might, might apply. All right, Lumpy, tell us about, um, about uh, Lutheranism and Calvinism. It's yeah, nice so to meet I, you, Lumpy. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice to see you here, Vicar. Uh, glad by the that way, Mister out of the room. Before and so we continue, being rude to you because everyone is is just clamoring. We were all wondering what does Lumpy look. So, Vicar, could you please describe Lumpy? Yes. Well, Lumpy does not seem to shower. Uh, <laughs> as soon as you walk in the door, you just know he's there just by your nose. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when you look, you see he has orange socks. He has purple Converse. I have no idea why he has those on. And his pants are these weird red corduroids. And, I mean, this this man is a sight to behold. Sounds He's pretty, got huge muscles. Sounds so He sounds pretty hideous. <laughs> I mean, like uh, pretty repulsive. Is that, would that be a word that you would apply to, the, to his appearance? Very, but I would not want to use it with him in the room with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Lumpy, so what, what uh, did, did you get? Here's the, the old email, by the way. I got, yeah. Okay. Is. So this is from uh, Jared from Canada. Uh, Uh, Your arch-nemesis Bill Swirl and Craig Denofro talking about how the Reformed share an affinity with the Lutheran, a camp's phrase, simul eustis et peccator. In the middle of their discussion, they something I've been thinking for a long time. True traditions share the phrase, but they attach very different meanings to it. By the way, I'm sorry for all the Reformed questions. I'm just now emerging from that tradition. Uh, Not to say that I'm emergent or emergent. After all, that's uh, dead fat. Anyway, question mark. Maybe not. Uh... I already got to talk to uh, Chris uh, Rosebrah about how the emergent church is the equivalent of theological Nazism. Swirly emphasized, <laughs> continuing with the email, Swirly emphasized that the Lutheran tradition maintains that Christians are 100% sinner and 100% saint. That is to say that the new man is already 100% holy, righteous, and good, while the old man who sticks to us unto death is 100% evil and damned, having been judged and executed in our baptism. On the other hand, the Reformed and most of North American pop evangelicalism speak of the... N-A-P-E, we should have an acronym, North American Pop Evangelicalism, NAPE. <laughs> How could we do it? How could we make it NAP? No, I think we should pronounce N-A-P-E, NAPE. The E is silence? silent? No, no, long E, long E, NAPE. All right. The NAPE speak of the old man and the new man coexisting, hence similar uses at Picardia. Yet the old man is becoming less influential, the new man becomes increasingly holy in degrees, hence progressive sanctification. I think I've got it right, not sure. So here's my question challenge. Can Lumpy come on the show 
and investigate the different meanings that the Lutheran tradition and the Reformed tradition attached to the phrase simul justus et peccator in his report. Perhaps he could spell out the implications for the different understandings with respect to the Christian life. Thanks, fellas. Jared from Canada. Thank you, Jared. Okay, Lumpy, what do you think? Uh, so, uh, it just so happens that I did a little research by talking to Pastor Wolfmuller about this. <laughs> because he, he the other day, he told me he saves all his good stuff for when he goes on issues, etc. <laughs> the other day, was, <laughs> The other day he was on issues, etc. talking about this. I don't know, this is back in... Uh, a year, a couple, few years ago, and uh, and a Presbyterian church uh, pastor emailed him, and so I've got that email. He let me borrow it, but here's the point. Now here's the the basic basic premise, and that is that the Lutheran confessions teach Formula Two, the 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 same place apparently the same place where they teach Theosophic prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, but uh, Lumpy, I'll give you uh, 500 points for that use of the buzzword. No, I thought it was rapture. Oh, theosophic prayer was the buzzword? For Lumpy it was. Oh, Thanks oh, for, for paying me. attention, Lumpy. <laughs> Man, I'm even awesomer than I know. <laughs> Anywho. What's going to be great is when Lumpy wins and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you who? The vicar? You talking to the vicar? Yeah, that's right. Pastor Wolfman was out there uh, walking around in circles because he's so mad Vicar's still in the show, and he's not. All right. Tell, that tell guy us about is, the email. That guy is, you know, that Pastor Wolfmuller, he's got some insecurity problems. <laughs> Indeed. Don't tell him I said that. Anyway. Lumpy, so, you're an awesome person. <laughs> The, the, I got, oh, before we get to the email, we want to talk about Formula 2. And the Formula 2 says that there's four states of man's will. Before the fall, after the fall, after baptism, and after the resurrection. Now, there's just a couple of real easy ones. Before the fall, able to sin, able not to sin. After the resurrection, last state of our will, which will be the awesomest, not able to sin. Uh, non posse peccatum, the old uh, guys would say. Now, he, here, though... Um, the Lutherans and the Reformed say that there's a change in man's will after the fall, which is, no one goes with us on that. Uh, the, the Lutherans and the Reformed say that after the fall, before conversion, that man's will is not able not to sin. All you can do is sin. Augustine said it, Luther said it, Calvin said it. All the Now, the, the Baptists and the uh, Catholics do not go that way. They do not think that man's will changes states even after the fall. So your will could be wounded, but it still has power, it still has freedom, etc. That's uh, semi-Pelagianism. And they got it. Now, uh, uh, after conversion is the question, and the uh, my con- or Pastor Wolfmuller's contention was that after conversion, the Calvinists go back to the previous state of man's will and say that man's will is now able to sin or able not to sin, while the Lutheran Church goes on to say something unique, which is that we have two wills. We have the will that's able to sin and the will that's not able to sin. We have, in fact, the will that's only can sin, that's the flesh, and the will that can't sin, that's the spirit. And this is how uh, what Paul talks about in Romans 7. You tracking? Yes. Okay. Now, there was a question about that. Is that's true if that's what the Reformed teach? So I'm going to read you a quotation. This is from the Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, paragraph, chapter 9, paragraph 4. Are you ready? Ready. 
Are you Quando ready? Cuni <laughs> Deus convertit ac instatum gratis, transferit peccatorum. Vicar will translate while I read. In duum eximit naturally. The dog jumped over the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> right. In English. When God converts a sinner and translates him into the state of grace, he freeth him, that means frees, he freeth him from his natural bondage under sin. And by his grace alone enables him freely to will and to do that which is spiritually good. Yet so that by reason of his remaining corruption, he doth not perfectly nor only will that which is good, but doth also, that means does, but doth also will that which is evil. We want to be relevant. Apparently we can't understand the old English endings anymore, so... Just being helpful here. Thank you. Um, and then the, st- the next thing says, uh, this is now paragraph five, or v. The will of man is made perfectly and immutably free to good alone in the state of glory only. Okay. So do you want, I'm, uh, do you want to make a distinction there? No. I think this teaches exactly what uh, Pastor Wolfmuller said the Calvinists teach. <laughs> that the man's will now, after conversion, can do well or cannot do well. Now, they distinguish between these oh, four I different see. states of man's will. But it's not two wills acting here. It's one will who uh, that is so now... It's like a 50-50. Yeah, you return back to the place where you could do will, but you could do good, but you're also corrupted. See? Yeah. So the simul eustus et peccator... I mean, uh, the the reason why the we have this, and by the way, it should be translated. We we always translate the simul at the same time, uh, saint and sinner. But it would be better to say at the same time justified and sinner. The justus means justified. Anyway, uh, at the same time we're justified and we're also sinners. But but this is because uh, now I mean the result of that is that we have now the spirit, which dwells in us, which desires only to please God and rejoices in his law. And then we have the flesh, which is still the flesh. So our conversion is the death of our flesh, not the changing of our flesh, and the adding of the, of the new man. Hmm. So, um, whereas, and we only have about 30 seconds here, whereas a, a Calvinist would completely uphold the depravity of man before conversion, after conversion, um, he's susceptible to be influence because he at least bears the spirit to be influenced to do good thereafter and this is the foundational theology of how we talk about sanctification mm. very interesting well uh i'm not sure uh we have time for which temple did i visit i'll tell pastor wolf okay we'll be right back on table talk radio <laughs> take a shower shine your shoes you got your time to lose a young man you must be Table Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. For what?
Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Hey, uh, Pastor Wolfman, did Lumpy give you the message? No. We uh, we're going to push uh, which oh, temple yeah, did yeah. I he visit to next week. Yeah. So yeah. Um, for the first time ever, we're announcing what we're going to be doing next week on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> playing. Uh, <laughs> Someone better write that down. <laughs> I, I can say this now that uh, Lumpy's gone, but now I completely understand why people have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think that you have to wait for Lumpy to leave (laughs) to understand that. (laughs) You have that staring you in your face all the time. All right. Uh, Next next on uh, Table Talk Radio, it's time for the ever-famous praise song cruncher. Um, This is where where Table Talk Radio has gained its popularity. Is that right? Uh, (laughs) You've got to tell me about popularity first. Well, popularity is when three or four people know who you are. Oh, yeah, we wanted to say hi to our listeners. Hey, Chuck, Mike, Peter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so the Praise Song Cruncher is available at our website, uh, tabletalkradio.org. It, uh, it's, we had, it's now up to the 2.0. I'm still waiting for the the next version to be released, but uh hasn't yet. But you are? Uh, five que- yeah, I'm waiting for the next version. The Praise Song, you're like this. We the need to be song cutting edge. so out of date. Yeah, that's right. You get, We need to keep up with the trends. Praise Song Cruncher 7.9. <laughs> I know. Uh, but we should, the, when the Praise Song Cruncher should go backwards in time. Like, we should say, it should be like Praise Song Cruncher 1502. <laughs> and then, then the next one would be Praise Song Cruncher 1200. <laughs> it'll be, be like the BC. BC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's five questions of the Praise Song Cruncher. Number one, is Jesus mentioned? Yeah, uh, yes, no, and if yes, is it name or concept? And then number two is a question of mystical form. So you're looking for two things here. Truth, uh, meaning that it uses actually subject, verbs, and objects, sentences, basically, that uh, you have complete sentences. Um, the idea here is that if you are using sentence fragments and you're just making impressions rather than stating assertions. Uh, the second part of mystical form is repetition. So if it uses the, the same words or phrases over and over and over, then that is a, a, a high mark on mystical form. Number three is mystical content. Um, uh, is, is it? A, there's five things you look for. Is it immediate? So are you uh, um, experiencing God in a direct way, uh, seeing, seeing, feeling, touching God, things like that? There's the romantic imagery, which we appeal to Pastor Wolf Miller's experience. Yep. Uh, number. Th- I got that covered, guys. The Don't third worry. Part, <laughs> the third part of mystical content is the loss of self. Uh, is your identity being lost in God, absorbed, consumed, engulfed? You know, surrendering, abandoning, these are all uh, words that we uh, use for loss of self, also mystical content. And we have the internal, uh, that God is doing something inside of me rather than external, out, outside of me. And similar to that, uh, sub- subjective versus object. So these are the things you're looking for in mystical content. Man, that's complicated. It is complicated. I'm looking for the update to, to simplify that. But uh, it's a 1 to 10 scale on mystical content there, so you kind of consider all those five things and come up with a score. Number four is law and or gospel. We're looking for the law to be proclaimed in its sternness and the gospel in its sweetness and not being mixed up or based upon my actions, decisions, or acceptance, etc. And then last but not least, if there's anything left, is there any explicit false teaching not already addressed? So that's the 1 to 5 scale on uh, the Praise Song Cruncher. Haven't we done some math to make this thing... Well, I, I did, and then you said you didn't like it, and you said it needed to be more complicated. So you need to get that to us so that we can get going on the on the app. <laughs> didn't you and the vicar had that little project? We did. 
I know. Too we, bad the vicar's not here today. We, we you denied it because you're in denial. <laughs> we we had a great formula for it, and then I told it to you. You're like, no, it needs to be more complicated. <laughs> it's not funny enough. It's too simple. No, we, Two points for this. You need a happy face. We need the formula <laughs> because we want to make a Table Talk Radio. Well, we, we want to add to the Table Talk Radio app on Android the Praise Song Cruncher. So it needs to be a mathematical formula behind it so it can calculate. Yeah, all right. So get on that so we can get going. All right, I'll get on it. Okay, so the first song we have uh, for you here is, uh, let's see, it's by uh, Seventh Day Slumber. We got an email. If you have a a praise song you want us to crunch, uh, send it to us at uh, questions at tabletalkradio.org. This first email comes to us from uh, Kara. It says, uh, please crunch the song. They are singing it at the local Seeker Church here in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, And this is... Oceans from Rain by Seventh Day Slumber. And I'm amazed by you. Cause you're never far away. And all that have been through. Your love has never changed. You make oceans from the rain Breathing life into this place And I will drown inside your love Until I see your perfect face Hmm <laughs> nothing I've acquired means nothing at all, or anything at all. Sorry, that'd be a double negative. Uh, not, and nothing I've acquired means anything at all, because you're everything I needed. You're so much more than I deserve. And you repeat the chorus, and then, and I thank you, Lord, repeat four times in the chorus. And then the last line is, the blood of Jesus can wash away, or can wash your pain away. Oof. That is Oceans from the Rain by Seventh Day Slumber. Um, okay. Yes. Is Jesus Oof. mentioned? Yeah, the last line has Jesus there. Until then, until then, I was going to bring this song over to my friends at the Hare Krishna Temple. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, because I'm, I, and I'm totally sure I was spent this hour and a half last week with the Hare, with my friend Krishna. <laughs> You're banking on me for getting this next week, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And and it's just they're mystics, you know, they're Hindu mystics. And it is the same doctrine that we so by meditation he, he even said You walk it. in said, and they're I, singing Seventh Day Slumber and and Chris <laughs> Tomlin and they they sing they sing only the divine name of but they, you know they got a bajillion gods and they all emanate from the one and all this sort of stuff but they got Krishna right there's Krishna and so they sing Krishna because why why do they sing the name Krishna because uh, because we are all part of God and when we see God's name we bring him present so that we can be uh, awakened to his pr- to the reality of his presence and we can transcend this body and become one with the divine nature I mean it's just textbook so they use the picture which the book of Concord where which teaches theosophic prayer <laughs> the form of Concord <laughs> uses this image of iron and fire to describe the two natures of Christ well this is the image that my Christ- my, my new buddy Krishna used to describe worship 
they're over there in the corner chanting. What are they doing? He says, well, you know how an iron is iron and the fire is fire, but if you put them together, then they become part of each other? Well, this is what happens in worship. So that's just with that in mind. Here again the chorus. Bring, you make oceans from the rain, breathing life into this place, and I will drown inside your perfect love until I see your perfect face. What? I mean... That doesn't sound comfortable. <laughs> uh, drowning inside your love? It's too much love. <laughs> so I think um, I, I would like a lesson in the difference between a concrete noun and an abstract noun. Concrete noun versus abstract noun? Is yes. that? Am I supposed to know that? Yes. So oh, love would be an example of a concrete noun or an abstract noun. So I suspect, well, mm. Yeah. In other words, can you touch it? <laughs> right. So, uh, not necessarily no. So I'm wondering how I drowned inside uh, love, which is abstract. Now, you make a good point, because it's nice that you're a little bit jerky about this, because <laughs> then I don't have to be, so I can argue against you. Because the, because the response is, well, Evan, you big dummy, it's poetry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poetry is supposed to be like this. Well, okay, fine. It's poetry, but it should. It doesn't mean that you literally drown inside love. It doesn't mean that the that the Lord literally breathes life into this place. It doesn't mean that He literally makes oceans from the rain. Although maybe He does, but that's not the point. Uh, it, but but dear uh, contrarian, it <laughs> should all, it should mean something. So if it doesn't mean that I literally drown inside God's love, what does it mean? Hmm. I die in love. I die in love. I'm consumed by love. Consumed by love. I lose my own identity because I'm so <laughs> just, overwhelmed. Just just read that line from the praise song, Cruncher. Uh, it's mystical content and loss of self. That's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> Being lost in God, absorbed, consumed, engulfed. <laughs> I mean, it ought to mean something, right? So if it doesn't mean that you literally drown in love, oh, you take it, you guys take that stuff too. Literally. So well, that's fine, then tell me what it does mean. And I don't think you're going to do much better. Until I see your perfect face, that, by the way, is literal. Because we will see the Lord's face at the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh... You're kind of jumping all over. Okay, so uh, let's let's Sorry. get a let's get a rating for mystical form, which is subject, verb, and object kind of thing. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Thank you, You're so much more than I deserve. Mystical form. I'm going to put this at a six. A six. Okay, then when we get back. We'll get a, a rating for mystical content. Ten. <laughs> okay. When we get back, we'll discuss law and or gospel. <laughs> You're listening to Table Talk Radio and the Praise Song Cruncher. After this, we're going to listen to another one. We'll be right back. For immature audiences only, this is Table Talk Radio.
welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're crunching the song Oceans from the Rain. And then next up, a song by the name of To the Cross I Cling. Uh, but first, we need to ask the question of law and gospel. Is there law and gospel in this song? Well, no. <laughs> I thought we were done with that song. Did you see any law and gospel? You know, it's interesting that it's interesting that um, they have the blood of Jesus as the answer, but what is the problem? Right. You're so there, there's this little line in here. You're so much more than I deserve. See that little oh, line? Oh yeah, there it is. But, but, you, but, you, but like you tell I, I deserve I deserve a lot, but not quite this. Much. I was gonna say, but you, you say that to Carrie every night. <laughs> so I don't know. Of my original sin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Nothing I've acquired means anything at all, because you're everything I need. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I don't see law and gospel. I don't either. The blood of Jesus can wash your pain away. Well, I mean, this is this is, again this, this kind of therapeutic sort of thing. You got mm-hmm. some pains, you know, aspirin, not enough. Try Jesus. Try the blood That's of Jesus. It's probably a bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I hope not. Something stronger than morphine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the second song. Is this crunched? Mm-hmm. Okay. Crunched. All right, now this is a banner mystical song. You got one that you think is going to do better, huh? Yeah, it was mm. uh, sent in to us at questions at tabletalkradio.org, and it was sent in to us by uh, who was this? Brent. Brent sends in. I says a couple of links here to a song that I think is uh, pretty powerful and should do well in the cruncher. The point of question I have on the song is in the pre-chorus, since most of the songs are well rubbish. I thought this one would be a pleasant change. The song is called To the Cross I Cling, and it is by uh, Vil- uh, Village Church. or That's who it's performed by. Here it is. It says verse 1, and then pre, and then chorus, and it says verse 3. Where did verse 2? 
I don't know. Where is verse 2? Anyway, verse 3 says, um, No more I am I a slave good. to sin, but uh, mm-hmm. bought with a price. Redemption that was purchased through the blessed cross that you bore for me. And the bridge is... Uh, but this is a complicated song. you got a, a pre-chorus, a chorus, verses, and a bridge. And the bridge is... And a turn. There is? What? Turn. turn. If you look up on the right side of the page, you'll see song structure. Intro, verse, pre-chorus, turn, two, pre-chorus, turn, bridge, oh. two, pre-two, chorus, turn. You're turns. the praise song uh, guru, so you probably uh, know about all that stuff. I should have told the uh, Krishna that I was a guru. That's right. <laughs> And you have the the tabs here. Do you still remember how to play the guitar? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. You're set. Very well. The cross is where I find death, is where I find life, uh, where mercy found me. I would like to talk to the person who wrote this, Michael Bleeker. Yes. Somewhat unfortunate name, but I'm going to search Google for it right now. Okay, so let's let's crunch this. Is uh, Jesus mentioned? Yes. Where? No. <laughs> I guess it's because it has a cross in here, right? I guess. So, um, <laughs> ransom through the blood you shed for me. Okay. That there probably it is. better be Jesus. <laughs> there it is. I think that's pretty. That's a pretty safe assumption. Okay. All right. What about mystical form <laughs> uh, sentences with subject, verb, and object repetition? Yeah, there's some kind of things where it, it breaks apart. Um, to the cross I cling, for example. To the cross I cling. Is that a sentence? No, not a sentence. No. Nope. Uh, yet you love me. So there's a, it's well, a little bit loose, but it holds together because this is actually you, is using words. If you could just say, I cling to the cross, that would be a sentence. I cling to the cross. <laughs> but to the cross I cling. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So there's some problems with the sentence structure what uh rating would you give it on mystical uh, not form? too bad though i mean it, for some reason the now what's really interesting about this song is that it doesn't rhyme i mean uh, free and me and mercy and cling but um but i think that's really an interesting little thing about this little song but i don't know mystical form it's not it's, it's not as um <laughs> There's more things that are being said here. There's content. And so I think the mystical, f- I don't know, mystical form is probably right around a f- four. Okay, then mystical content. <clears throat> it's pretty no. low on mystical content, huh? So what are our different categories? Immediate romance, loss of self, internal subjective. Internal you should know this. You wrote it. Yeah. That's why I wrote it down so I wouldn't have to remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, not particularly mystically, formatically, <laughs> I mean, contentally. I mean, it's a, it, and then, well, let's go to the next question. Okay, law gospel. There's a lot of law and gospel in here, so. I am guilty, but pardoned by grace. I am ransomed through the blood you shed. I was dead in my transgressions, but but life you brought to me. There, There is a whole generation now of Christians that are growing up that are, trying to pay attention to doctrine, and I think this guy's got to be one of them. Because this kind of talk is not the kind of thing that you normally see in a praise song. Now, Bought with a price, redemption that was purchased through the blessed cross. No more am I a slave to sin. Now, Brent had a question about the pre-chorus. Okay, that says this. All things in me call for my rejection. All things in you plead my acceptance. Yeah. What do you think? 
Um, I think it's okay. I, maybe it's a little confusing. Um, so, in anything that uh, I do or say, um, call for said call for my rejection, but that God should reject me based on anything that I say or do. The second line, all things in you plead for my acceptance. So everything that Jesus does um, is for my good, that he would accept me. Right. So that's now good. Could, it is. It could, could maybe be clarified a bit. It could be cleaned up because it's true that the law calls for our acceptance, that Christ calls for our acceptance. Uh, we, though, are sinners, so we should be rejected. And and so the opinio legis, though, that still clings to our flesh, that's the vicar's buzzword, I think. Mm-hmm. The opinio legis would actually call for our acceptance, even though we're guilty of sin. Um, so, but I, you know what, it, I mean, I think I see what it's getting at here. I mean, if you, if you compare these two songs, the first one, um, let's see, yeah, uh, Oceans from the Rain, um, it just barely, it barely hinted towards a problem, and that problem was just merely, merely pain. Um, so you see, uh, two different, um, uh, anthropologies at work here that you have uh, this song which that actually says that hey look I'm a sinner that I all I, all I can offer you is is, is filthy rags um, uh, everything in my life is just proves me to be more guilty um, and yet you love me so this does properly I think distinguish between law and gospel where the first one um, you just ha- you have a, a little problem and that's pain and if you could just connect with God or be consumed by his love then all will be all right. Yeah. We want to also... This 500 is always points a, for me. Thank you. Oh, I was checking my email. The, we, whenever we mention clinging to the cross, we, we just always should just encourage our dear friends, the praise songwriters, to not talk about clinging to the cross uh, because there is no cross to cling to. And so as soon as you say that, you, yep. it, you become an abstraction. So, um, Right. We, we, in the Word and in the sacraments... They'll, they'll come along someday. Well, when you in talk the word to, of the sacraments, we have those cross, that the gifts of the cross delivered. When you talk to Michael Bleeker, Bleeker, something Bleaker. like that? Bleeker. Bleeker. When you talk to Michael Bleeker, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell him I that? I found his phone number right here. Maybe I'll call him up. See. Okay. Well, I think that's going to be all the time we have. Uh, Vicar, any last words about this song? Vicar's not even here. Nope. <laughs> no last words. <laughs> but I am here. Are you going to be with us next week? Yes. This will be oh, the last week to tell us die for the vicar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll have a going away party for you, vicar. Don't worry. Great. All right. All right. Uh, you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. Send us your questions at questions at Table Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to this edition. Uh, hey, wait. You messed me up. <laughs> I was going to do a joke. <laughs> you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll free 1 800 385 That was a false finish. Or send us an email. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.